Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose teaching is life, whose presence is sure, and whose love is endless. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, our strength, without you we are weak and wayward creatures. Protect us from all dangers that attack us from the outside and cleanse us from all evil that arises from within ourselves, that we may be preserved through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So today for the children's message, I'm going to talk about the gospel a little bit. In the gospel, we're going to hear today um, two stories where Jesus is healing people. Now, we still ask Jesus to heal the sick. We just do our asking through prayer. In the story, you hear that people begged for Jesus to come and heal these people. So we ask for praying in a few different ways in our church, and every week we have our prayers of intercession, and there is typically a prayer specifically for healing of the sick, and there is not this week. Oh, it's all those crisis and special needs. This week we have a lot of crisis and special need, as the pastor pointed out. So we're still asking for healing, but not in the specific way that I wrote about. We ask for healing through the earth. We ask for healing through justice, and we're asking healing through safety in these issues. So when we hear the prayers, think about those. Another way is during the prayers of intercession, people specifically ask for prayers of healing for those that they know are sick, either quietly to themselves or out loud so that everybody can hold them in their hearts. And the third way we do it here is through our prayer table. And I wanted to talk about that one a little bit because I specifically use the prayer table to pray for those. Um, I've got family in Mexico who have been greatly affected by COVID. And so each week I light a candle for all of them there because there's too many for me to light a candle for each one. So I wanted to take time to think about how we ask for that healing and people that we might not have asked for or that we need to ask for. Think about a time when we have in the past and think about somebody that might need those prayers now. 
And while we do the prayers of intercession today, I would really like you to hold those people up high in your heart, in your mind, and in prayer. Oh, and that's all I had. <laughs> Going back to my notes. Let's take a moment to pray. Thank you, God, for sending your son down to heal us all through his love, through your love. May we hold those who are sick, who are hurting, and who need healing in our hearts, in our minds, and in our prayers. Amen. Thank you. Thank you both. And let us, let us remember to pray during the prayers of intercession and at other times, especially for children, children who are in need of healing. Uh, it's a children's time. Now I invite you to stand as you are able and let us welcome the gospel. gospel, encounters with women usually signify turning points in Jesus' ministry. Here, a conversation with a Syrophoenician woman marks the beginning of his mission to the Gentiles. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying in the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took them aside in private, away from the crowd, put his fingers into his ears, he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Apathatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered him to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Brad usually eats before I do, not, not because, you know, he uh, is a place of honor or something like that. He just eats earlier. Um, does everything earlier than I do. 
and he'll often prepare a meal that is much larger than he's gonna be able to finish. And so both me and Corbin will be eyeing the leftovers, seeing when he's about done and what we're gonna to get to eat. Now on, I'm not gonna say it's every time, but certainly more than one occasion, Corbin gets something and I walk up and say, well, wait a minute, I wanted that. I was eyeing that other half of your hamburger or the rest of your salad or the rest of whatever it was. I wanted it. He said, oh, but Corbin, you know, makes it so happy. It's like, yeah, but I'm your wife. I want the piece of pizza. Uh, and, uh, and then I get something else to eat. Uh, but I think it's funny that in, in current North American society, the, the way we treat our dogs, and some communities more than other, but the way we treat our dogs is in many cases much better than the way we treat some of our neighbors. And, and by the way, Brad treats me better than or at least as well as Corbin. So I am treated plenty well. But, but the, bringing dogs into the house, making them part of the family, some people refer to them as their kids. Certainly we bond with them and, and uh, spend time with them and mourn their loss in a way that is very close to our hearts. That practice has only been common last, let's say, 60 to 100 years. The idea of, of having, having the dog in, and I will say that um, as recently as two days ago, there was snuggle time, and Corbin just wedged his way in and sat himself down, because there was affection happening and he wasn't gonna be left out. And we thought it was funny and let it happen. Now imagine that happening a hundred years ago. That idea of the dog getting up on the furniture and pushing its way in, in somebody's household. I'm not talking about when the dog keeps you warm out on the tundra or something. Let alone 2,000 years ago. today's text where the Syrophoenician woman addresses Jesus, she, she says even the dogs get to eat what falls from the children's, what, um, the crumbs of the children, after Jesus has said, let the children be fed first. So Jesus has already addressed the, this idea of I'm here for these children. And, and then she, the Syrophoenician woman, she's the one who uses the, the reference of a dog equating herself or those who are other as a dog. And, and it certainly was, it wasn't as bad as swine, but there was certainly this hierarchy of who's valuable implied in that and how valuable people are. And we get that on the same day that we get this reading from James about don't show partiality to those who have. In fact, if you are going to show partiality, show partiality to those who are poor and vulnerable. 
widows and orphans, widows and orphans, widows and orphans. I mean, it's that phrase which means those who are vulnerable. And well, the Syrophoenician woman shows that, well, wait a minute, there's, there's more. There's more than enough. Sometimes she also, I think, draws our attention to this tendency we have to you know, make a hierarchy. Who's worthy? Who's, who's worthy of our food? Who's worthy of our love? Who's worthy of our time? Who's worthy? And, and I don't think we do it as uh, deliberately as you know, whether or not they're members of uh, the, Jew, the Jewish, Jewish faith, Jewish ethnicity, or not. But, but we certainly spend more on those that we care about, um, save places for those that we care about. And I started with the dog story because most of us who have dogs will, if we don't already, wouldn't think too badly about spending more on our daily dog food than on the daily household food supply for the majority of households in the world. Right? We buy specialized dog food. We get surgery for our dogs. We get insurance for our dogs. And, and yet we know that there are households in the world that exist on less than $2 a day. Which is not about not loving our dogs. It's about saying, while, while the language of scripture makes it sound like dogs are lower, in our practical life, we elevate at least the dogs that are important to us. What does that say about the way we treat creation? and about the way we treat each other, both intentionally and unintentionally. What are the ways that we open our houses to animals that would not have previously lived in the house? And dogs and cats are just the beginning. There are other people here, I'm not going to point at anybody in particular who has, I'm just going to look over there, who might have other, other animals in the house that um, were previously outside animals. But this opening up, this opening up including in our families, in our love community, in who belongs to us, who's important, who's worthy of pets, is just a, a, a mirror of what's going on in scripture where Jesus is opening up the witness of the gospel to the Syrophoenician woman. Okay, we know that. We also know that it's paired with the story of this, this man who has been deaf, which, uh, you know, sort of the sociology studies show that, that that is one of the loneliest disabilities that people can have, deafness, uh, because of the way we interact. And so this is a person who, who doesn't have the, the fellowships of society, isn't being fed and nourished in the relationship way that is, is so important to all of us. And he's brought to Jesus. Jesus takes him away in private, opens his ears, opens his speech, and he's restored. 
it's an opening, it's a physical opening. So now we've got this social opening beyond Judaism. We've got this physical opening of an individual who's been separated by this disability. We've also got the opening to creation of how, how do we treat this world, all the beings of this world, as valuable or not. And I think all of it leads to opening our hearts. Because when Jesus says, you know, I come here for the children. Now, she's, she, Syrophoenician woman, gave this great um, point about the dogs. I would have said, well, why did you come to Tyre if you didn't want to help us? Because it says he went to Tyre, right? He went to Tyre. And then he returned from Tyre. Why'd you come here if you didn't want to help us? She didn't. It doesn't. It's not what the scripture says. But, but we go into the world and interact with the world and are called to interact with the world the same way that we're called to interact with the world as we are in church. Right? It's not just for church. It's not just for these scriptural stories. It's not just about inviting people into our worship, our Bible study, our whatever it is. We are also called to go out into the world. And when we go into the world, we have to have our eyes and ears and hearts open to what is the circumstance here? What is the opportunity to proclaim the gospel here? What is the woman who has a daughter at home? What is the situation with women here? Because we know across the world, women are disproportionately affected by pretty much every, every plague. What is the situation of people who are uh, not white? What is the situation of people with disabilities? What is the situation of this person who's in the grocery store trying to decide between buying this food cereal or uh, this binder to do schoolwork? Because we have those neighbors in the store too. When we look at opening, opening, it's not just about opening the doors to invite people in. It's about having our hearts opened for the gospel to go out. Because it also says that Jesus told, told the, the man whose ears were open and who was given speech, Shh, don't tell anyone, right? He says, be opened. And then he says, what amounts to contain yourself, right? And a lot of us are familiar with the phrase, oh, I couldn't contain myself. But, but he says essentially to the man, contain yourself. And the man and all the people who were there, not just the man, but, but couldn't contain themselves. And the more he told them not to share, the more they did. Because they were overwhelmed by this gift. Now there's, there's a lot of theology about perhaps why Jesus wanted them to wait until after the resurrection. But we're there, we're after the resurrection. 
So we're not called to contain ourselves. We're called to be open so that we can share the gospel. Every minute, in every circumstance in our lives, and it's gonna look different than how it does when we're around our table or when we're having snuggle time or when we're thinking affectionately or remembering to pray. Sometimes it's a matter of just opening our ears, opening our eyes, and saying, what, what, what is here? And what here needs to be blessed by the witness to God's grace. Let us be open every minute of every day. Amen. Please, as you are able, stand and let us sing. the world and all in need. Holy One, you bring your people together in worship. Enliven your church, guide all evangelists, preachers, prophets, and missionaries who seek to share your love through word and deed. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You provide water for thirsty ground and sunshine to feed hungry plants. Bless all who advocate for healthy forests, unpolluted air, clean waterways. Protect and comfort those dealing with extreme weather events, especially those affected by Hurricane Ida. Inspire all people to show care for the world you have made. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You show no partiality. Increase just, justice in all nations. Encourage leaders and governments to work with one another for the good of our common world. Unite us in seeking the health, safety, and dignity of all. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You accompany those who are most in need. Shelter all, shelter all fleeing violence or persecution 
especially those in Afghanistan and those trying to leave. Protect any who are in danger and sustain them through uncertain and unstable times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You support the work of your disciples. Continue to nurture the leadership and ministries of this church, especially Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, and Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, and for Trinity Lutheran Church Anchorage. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For what else do the people of God pray? Healing for those who suffer addictions. Family of William Hurt. You embrace all who have died in the faith and brought them into your glorious presence. We thank you for their example and rejoice in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal, or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God of abundance, you cause streams to break forth in the desert and manna to rain from the heavens. Accept these gifts you have first given us. Unite them with the, with the offering of our lives to nourish the world you love so dearly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together the mission, the mission of, of Resurrection, Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. People of God, you are Christ's body, bringing new life to a suffering world. The Holy Trinity, one God, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.